You're not the first victim of pasty pasting. Backstreet's back, isn't it? All right. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, uh, big news, everyone. Backstreet is back again. All right. Yeah. Backstreet, yeah. back again. Oh, yeah, wait, no, it's yeah. tag team. Damn. You know, Backstreet, Backstreet wants the airwaves. Oh, no, that's the Ramones. We know other bands, you see. <laughs> we know all the music. Iggy is one of them. And the Stooges, too. And the Stooges, all three of them. The Misfits. <laughs> Who did the Bone Machine one? <laughs> Is it the Pixies? I don't know. I was once nearly trampled <gasps> by uh, the uh, Misfits. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, this is, would have been uh, 1998 or 1999. Uh, they were touring with Guar. They made the terrible, terrible mis- mistake of... Being the headliner at the show, why would you? <laughs> why would you go on after Guar? It's just the dumbest idea. But I was backstage after the Guar show, and they were making their way back out to the stage for their encore or whatever, and just like were not looking forward, and nearly stopped over me. Didn't give a shit. Uh, cool guys. Huh? Cool guys. Cool. Cool. This intro started with mentioning bands and the only musician that my brain could come up with and it wouldn't let go of was James Blunt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. The only thing I know about James Blunt is that I, I think you can make jokes about him with regards to um, uh, the cannabis, I believe it's called. Yeah. Well, that and his name rhymes with Skeleton Warriors, James Skeleton Warriors. Oh, that's, that's true. It does. Uh, yes. Yep. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the bassist from Sparks walked past me and my friend once. There's a claim to fame. <laughs> I mean, I say the bassist from Sparks. It was the bassist at the time. The one from the Dick Around video looked a bit like Julian Barrett, but we couldn't be sure. And then at the second Sparks, that was one day we went to see Sparks. And on the way to the venue, the bassist walked past. The second time we went to see Sparks... Noel Fielding walked past us. Wow. And we knew it was him. And he went into the Starbucks and we spent, me and me and my friend Leo spent 30 minutes gearing ourselves up. <sighs> but by the time we went into the Starbucks, Noel Fielding wasn't there. <laughs> Good spark show, though. You've made me do a, a swerve because I was going to talk about that time I played tambourine with that famous music man on the stage. But instead, I'm going to talk about Noel Fielding now. Oh, go on. Um, in my teen years, I made the regrettable decision to go see the Mighty Boosh live. <laughs> and Noel, Noel Fielding licked my face. Oh, 
And oh. I did not ask for that to happen. Oh, and no, it's a weird experience yeah, that you I didn't had. Ask for it no, to not I'm not good with with other people's saliva on yeah, my face. That's, normally, that's bad. Normally, it's behavior reserved for a dog. Yeah. Alice Cooper gave me his credit card once, but I did ask for it. No. Well. He had to make a transaction. He was Wes playing. Anderson gave me a lead role in his movie, but I had to marry him for it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how that works, I think. So, hey, it's the Jimquisition. <laughs> We're back this week. Oh, it's good to feel normal. Me and Conrad don't have to work out how to start the show. You're right. Yeah, we feel better now that you're back It's me It's better now you're back so you can start the show Because the last two weeks we've just kind of awkwardly sat there like Huh, this isn't our job, what do we do? How do we start? Yeah, sorry everyone, sorry listeners, sorry to my friends And thanks to you to Casey Explosion And, oh, I always forget to say the right name Mari Mari from Geek Remix that yeah I always forget to say Mari or Stacy yeah Stacy's Stacy's the other Geek Remix person yeah I I need I need information about 150 times and then I know it It took me five years to remember Conrad was called Conrad and Mm -hmm. whatever his surname is whatever it's not important I think (laughs) I think I know a Conrad Holmes and a Jonathan Zimmerman that's a catchy name (laughs) Actually, the, the Conrad Holmes, I think, was the name uh, attributed to the toll booth collector that you threatened over microtransactions <laughs> in that hard drive article. Oh, that God. That was charming. It was good to be relevant enough for uh, parody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, the good old days. Uh, time to be wistful. <laughs> it's me, oh. I'm back. See, that's, that's the thing now. This is, the, this is your, your inflection point. For for nostalgic and conservatism going forward. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let me tell you about the mythic past, right? Mm-hmm. When I used to cover EA Mythic doing <laughs> Dungeon Keeper Mobile, remember that? I got featured on the BBC article about that. Can't get featured in the BBC for love nor money these days, unless it was a transphobic attack. That was fucking smooth. Mm-hmm. How was that for some smooth? That was. You see, now that I'm back, it's the UK satire moment of the thing. <laughs> as I, as I perform satire based on the glimpses of the UK, I still know from Laura on Twitter. Oh, me telling you the state of how things are going over here. Telling me, yeah, basically, you know, I follow a portion of, of Brit Twitter, Britta water filter, I guess, and I get news. You know, I know enough to. To have seen things like Matt Hancock do, trying to do those press-ups and leering at the camera, some sort of creepy Kubrick thing. Um, and it just looked like he dr- drilled a hole into the ground so he could literally fuck the UK. How's that? <laughs> Smooth, like cool Christmas. So, I'm back. <laughs> You're back. Who's played a video game this week? <laughs> oh, what? I thought I'd do more banter. Well, you can do more banter if you like. I've got to, within the first ten minutes, at least try and get us onto video oh, games. Otherwise, people tweet me and tell me off that I haven't tried. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> look, how many how many days have you had in power, Laura? Let's give her a chance. Changes will come. <laughs> It's not all status quo. No, no. Come on. No. No, you, just, you gotta, you gotta give some time. You, got, you see, you gotta get a few, a few incremental wins first before we really make change. America tricked us into voting for a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 
Um, I'm trying not to be too political. Yeah, because we never talk about politics on this video game show. That's the reason it's all over for me. Well, unfortunately, I think this podcast is now inseparable from politics. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, that can't stop us from claiming it's apolitical. Right. Oh, no, no. We'll, yeah. we'll keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, we will deny the politics all we like. You know, we'll say, hey, this show has no politics in it. Anyway, politicians are bad. Yeah. No politics right here. Yeah. Should we talk about this inseparable from politics news story? Do we have to? What is it? I mean, it wasn't really my intent to... to I was just going to make a joke about it, I, but we could do that now. I mean, we could we could do it quick and get it out of the way. You know how we talked about Six Days in Fallujah a few weeks ago? Oh, God. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, that, that game that is set in the Battle of Fallujah and the developers were like, no, no politics here. They said it wasn't political. Yeah, we've never we've never even seen a politics. Uh, how dare you insinuate there's a politics here? I don't want to go into it. It's all about the American soldiers, so it's not really biased because American soldiers is like centrism. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. agrees America's American soldiers are heroes, therefore. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't all keep paying for the tanks if we didn't agree with it. So I give so has- much money, Laura, to tanks <laughs> and, and invisible jets. So after about three weeks of them having made the statement that no, no politics, yeah. they've done a solemn JPEG on Twitter <gasps> because that's how you do these things. I love solemn JPEGs. Ah, oh, it's a very solemn JPEG. Ooh. We understand the events recreated in Six Days in Fallujah are inseparable from politics. <sighs> they understand. They understand. Mm. There's documentary footage and we're going to talk to service members and civilians with a lot of opinions about the war. You know, there's 26 Iraqi civilians that we'll talk to and they'll say it. I'm just going to say this. Either these interviews were not going to be in the game three weeks ago, or you seriously thought a game where you interviewed 26 Iraqi civilians about the Battle of Fallujah wasn't going to be political. Yeah, or important enough to mention until now. Yeah. But until now, I've only ever heard about we talk to American soldiers. Yeah, they're suddenly mentioning, oh, we talk to Iraqi civilians too, and it is political. Which, no doubt, is something you should do. Yeah. And is, uh, yeah, inseparable from politics. For once, I agree. I agree with the solemn JPEG of the company trying to weasel out of trouble. I will continue this. Um, So we got some more news about white phosphorus in that game. While we do not allow players to use white phosphorus as a weapon during gameplay... What a horrible fucking thing to have to say, sorry, Yeah, about yeah, an upcoming is. game. Yeah, while we don't allow players to use white phosphorus as a weapon during gameplay, its use is described during the documentary segments. So again, you're acknowledging the white phosphorus thing happened in the Battle of Fallujah, but you... you, But I think it'll detract or be sensational. That's what they said. uh, I know, it's it's frustrating, isn't it? (laughs) I've been fucking dealing with this shit for years. Like, this is one of... This is the peak. This is amazing, like, in terms of what they've tried to do. But, you know, this this is... They... The <sighs> cowardice. The endless cowardice and uh, entitlement. I mean, there's such an entitlement to look at this imagery, look at this history. We get to plunder it for our entertainment and claim that we mean nothing by it, that there's nothing to look into. It's just fun times. Just the sheer... That they feel so entitled to people's lives like that and to (sighs) things that have 
like meaning and then to say that about video games as well to just to well to tell us that you you're making um some art that says nothing and stands for nothing why should i fucking care yeah and why should i care about this mainstream game industry that seems to be full of artistic cowards indeed you know so yeah, that's that's your regular update on how that game's going. Who who's played something this week? <laughs> People have played games. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of that yeah. happening. Yeah, I'm sure one of you two has played a video game. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I've been losing my favourite one. What's that? That's another music reference, I know, folks. Ah. Uh, <laughs> eh? It's either it's either the cardigans or it's family fortune. So what have you been playing? What are the two? Um, uh, oh, oh, who knows? Um, what should I pick from? Because uh, I played lots. I've played not to Monster Hunter for the two weeks I've been away, and I've been like that that um, picture of Dennis when he's like from Always Sunny when he's straining not to speak. Like, I played the Outriders demo. I played that fucking werewolf game. I have played Persona 5 more. I have played something else. Uh, Curse of the Dead Gods is the other one you've played. Curse of the Dead Gods? Yeah. And I have, for some reason, started playing Uncharted 4 again. Uh, What what from that list do you want to tell us about? What is there? I guess the Outriders is the biggie. It's the one that I guess most people would be interested in opinions of. The Outriders demo is out been out for a while and i went into it expecting very little because it looked like fucking garbage i try not to prejudge games too much but when you've seen so many triple a live services and before listeners chip in right hold on i've seen so much of it that i i i went in eyes rolling you know and all i knew about it was was the things i'd seen and what the game was showing me as i was playing it starting with follow someone very slowly walking and you've got to follow them and if you do that video game makers right purveyors of fine software don't make them walk slower than the player fucking character (sighs) let me just push the stick forward why have I got to do that? Do the thing where they match speed with you, where if you go faster, they go faster. You sprint, they start to sprint. We've had that for years. Yeah, it's great when video games do that. The Witcher 3's done it. Yeah. There's There's been a couple open world games that have done it. I know that. Um, sorry, I'm going to drink midway through sentences. I, I care that much <laughs> about hydration, folks. Um, I've been getting the dry mouth, but that's probably because I take like... 10 pills a day now for various ailments uh, and you know tits i mean tits is the big one well they are thank you very much <laughs> um oh god they are uh i was talking to conrad the other day and to make a point i, I slapped my chest and then went out <laughs> uh, but that's neither here here nor there the world doesn't want to hear about me and my God, I'm fucking hot. Anyway, uh, Outriders. So it starts off like that, and there's an excruciating tutorial with people talking garbage that I don't care about. And I'm immediately inclined to laugh by such exchanges as um, you're talking to someone you've got who's going to like give you your gun and do the usual get behind cover shoot, you know, going through the motions of, of the tutorials. 
Before that, they exchanged words about what it was like on Earth, because they all sort of got off the planet because it was all fucked, and there was only a few of them that could get off and uh, the planet, and they had to deal with the people that were trying to get on as well, and it was implied it was a very violent, traumatic experience. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting, yeah. sharing some trauma. Anyway, let's get you to your new toys. Feels good to shoot, doesn't it? <laughs> it's fun when we murder. Like, literally, hands the gun, calls it a toy. You start popping off, and he's like, feels good. And I'm like, I love you video games. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder you tell your audiences your games aren't political. I think you don't understand. I don't want to be that arrogant. But I don't think you understand. Video games are a serious, mature, responsible adult medium for grown-ups. Yeah, and here's the thing. People think the criticism comes from me doing all, Oh, Lefty, you don't like violence. You don't like boobs. Uh, well, clearly I like the latter. <laughs> um, and look at the, the games I like. I'm all into the violence. Yeah. It's that shit. It's that trying to be deep it's... and meaningful and still just Fucking up! It's the nonsense contrast, yeah. the, the 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 whiplash back and forth. I mean, that's the thing with the R shots in that Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, why there's an argument as to why that it could be undermining in the scene that it's pr predominantly in. There are artistic reasons for this stuff, or sometimes it's a, a breast reduction from fan art, or sometimes Mr. Potato Head is still here, or sometimes Doctor Seuss isn't cancelled, and sometimes when books are cancelled, i.e. burned. It ain't the left. And the left are not the ones that want the tits to go away, because there are very few that, like, people on the left that I know who aren't thirsty as fuck and talk about eating ass pretty much round the clock. Hey, left lefty here, I want more tits in things, please. Get, put more tits in. Big anime titties and dump <laughs> truck ass. Titties. That's all I've been hearing about for weeks from people. <laughs> I saw a button uh, uh, that that says enjoy ass. It's a parody of Coke, you know, mm -hmm. It's and and it. Uh, I sent it to a place that I sell secondarily and they put it up on their website and it immediately sold out to their audience of young queer people. Mm. Yeah, I'll go figure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like I get more, I get more engagement saying something like "eat ass every day" than I do, you know, making a point. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, you know, to a certain extent, that it's it's fair to observe that we have cultivated an audience, mm, like bacteria. <laughs> but that audience is thirsty for ass, and oh. it is not small. <laughs> oh yeah, neither are the asses. No. Huge. <laughs> Love it. So how was the Outriders demo when you actually played it? Yeah, I've got childbirthing hits, and <laughs> it started off as the most boring live service trash I've ever played. I was like, okay, we're trudging, it looks a bit rubbish, um, guns, bullet sponge enemies, oh dear, not into it. Game crashed. Oh, I thought it had not saved and I'd have to do the tutorial again because it said start new game. Went on it and instead it had skipped me forward a little bit, oh. which was fine because I had to run all the way across a field, which I don't like doing ever. Real games or real life games. Anyway, I appreciated the skip. And at one point, I get kidnapped 
by some people who seem like they're out of Mad Max and then get driven through war crimes. And I'm like, this got dark. What the hell? Like just corpses, like wall to wall corpses hanging everywhere and you're being driven violently through it, through a tunnel, like through this almost subterranean makeshift fort of it all. Then... You crash or whatever, can't quite remember that bit. And then you get magic powers. And then it's this weird thing where it is still live servicey, but also they're trying to do something different that doesn't quite work, but I appreciate it and I don't know if the game is good. But you get four classes to choose from. In the demo, you can um, go through it and then sort of try the other ones. And you can keep your progress in the demo, which is always something that, that allures me. I've only so far played one of the classes, which is the Technomancer. There's one that's like up front, big bulky shield sort of thing. One that support the that tags enemies to make them more susceptible. And the uh, oh, there's some mid range one I think. But I went with this long range Technomancer. I think would play a bit better in in um, co op, but I couldn't get any co op sort of games running at the time but what's interesting is each of the character heals in a different way of attacking because the idea of the game is there's a cover system but it's not necessarily for you it's for the enemies okay the enemies take cover the game is trying, and maybe it was because of the character class I have, which is meant to be a bit more long range. It didn't quite work that way for me. But you, but I mean, sometimes it was viable, sometimes there were just too many enemies, but you're encouraged to pre- like basically push forward like, and break their lines. Mm. I, I would like there to be more evidence of the AI actually crumbling and falling back. It usually is just wipe out the front line and move forward. Um, I'd like this sense that there was almost like um, like it's just you or, or four of you pushing like in a battle, like in a pitched battle with two armies. I'd like it if they did that. It doesn't look like that's quite where they're going. It's a bit more um, small feeling than that. But it's interesting. Um, the way the Technomancer heals is simply damage. Mm. As you deal damage, your health goes up and you have things like turrets and stuff. You've got summonables and all that. You can put down a little turret that just shoots loads of rockets and makes a big explosion. You can throw down a a little turret that shoots um, people until they turn to ice. The Technomancer, I assume, is all icy. The melee attack um, will freeze enemies, and you can shatter them with some damage. And it's fun. The powers are interesting and and cool. I say interesting, they're... They're all stuff you've seen, but they're behaving in interesting ways. And when it works, this sense that you're just sort of storming their front line is pretty cool. And each class heals in a different way, so that sort of big defendy one, if enemies die near them, that's their healing. Uh, If the the support one, if enemies they've tagged uh, take damage, they heal. So it's interesting, you know, um, what they're trying to do. Uh, and it, it may be, it may work way better solo if I'm the big bulky can take the hits one. But it's not all quite working, but I can tell they're going for a certain feel. Mm. And I'm into it. And I do think I'm going to pick it up. I do think out of curiosity, uh, and for the sake of, of coverage, I really need to get my brain doing impressions again. They're not officially off the table, but my brain is uh, 
unfocused to heck right now. I had a genetic test done to see uh, why. <laughs> Working some interesting stuff out. Maybe we're trying some new things and hopefully I can, uh, I'll get my brain focused again and I can do them. But I'd like to do some Outriders discussion and coverage. It's interesting for a game that is sort of, still has so many shitty live service trappings but could go somewhere. Also, I found it interesting they've got big electrical storms sometimes, which is what Anthem wanted but sort of didn't have in the end. Mm. Uh, so I played that and was like, that's interesting. Also, maybe this game would be better if you had Iron Man armor. Maybe. <laughs> but but it's interesting. I'm watching footage of this being played now. It looks really fast-paced for a third-person shooter. Yeah, if you're not using that cover so much. Yeah, you've got, like, a lot of ability to, like, uh, sort of manoeuvre and flip around and do your dodge rolls to back away from things. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, the AI does respond as a, as a flanking thing. Like, you can get round them and surprise them. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I wish instead of just going graphics, 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 there was more time put into that sort of thing. Yeah. I love that shit. I want games where, where enemies are actually as smart as they've been trying to tell me they are since the PS fucking two years. <laughs> It looks fun, and I'm always a fan of any class where doing damage heals me because it allows me to play really fucking recklessly, which is my preferred method. Yeah. And as I say, it's, it's every class, it's just how do you want to heal? Yeah. G g let, let me just do raw damage and that equals healing. Yeah. You'll probably like the big chunky the big chunky one. Then, then I can just get up in people's faces and not worry about the damage I'm taking. Just like, I'm very powerful. If you do pick it up, we should get a game going. It, it looks really cool from looking at yeah. footage. I might pick it up. Uh, I might pick it up today. So if you want to play some at some time, just drop me a message. Yeah. I do have a feeling I will. I'm looking forward to trying the game with a full group. Um, I think I was having internet troubles when I was trying to play it. I was having some issues last week, but yeah. I might... Mind you, I've been having issues trying to start the game again. Um, it sort of froze on the login screen at one point, and another time I tried to play it, it did something where it threw me out of where I wanted to be. Uh, what, it, what, are you, what platform are you playing it on? I don't know if it's on multiple things. I'm on the PlayStation 5, I am, because I've got to play some PS4 games on it, you know. Yeah, there's got to be something to play yeah. on it. It's, uh, it's, it's got a PS5 version, in fairness, but, you know... As I said, I'm also playing Uncharted fucking 4. That tells you where I am with the PS5. Yeah, what? how are you getting on with Uncharted 4? Yeah, I'm not that far into it, really. I'm, uh, I've gotten as far as, I think I'm on, only on like chapter 2, chapter 3, still in the prison. Oh no, just escaped from the prison. I remember having fun with it as a sort of just turn your brain off dumb action thing. I found myself enjoying the Uncharted games incrementally each time. Yeah. Um, so... I can't exactly remember what I thought of Uncharted 4 um, when it first came out. But yeah, like it's very brain off. Like the, the way I've, um, the way my brain has been, especially past couple days with a lot of the mm -hmm. bullshit I've been dealing with. Uh, I appreciate it just sort of sitting there with my eyes glazed over, only my thumbs really moving. It's a good, it's a good, decent time, you know. Um, but I will hand the floor over to someone else. Laura, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Well, I'll get this one out of the way nice and quick. I played some Anthem this week because that game is fucking dead. And <laughs> I was like, now, now that that game is just dead and gone forever, and, I, and like it's never going to change, 
I'd sort of forgotten what the experience of playing that game was actually yeah. like. <laughs> Could I ask one quick question? Yeah. Since the game is dead, yeah. is the uh, the online store like closed? Are they... uh, not that I can tell. Oh. oh, it's almost like I knew the answer was just being a prick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how is it? I mean, I booted it back up because I was like... I, I... Maybe it, maybe they made some changes between when I played it and when it died. I'm curious what state it died in. <laughs> I know, I like know. Like you found a rat. Like you found a rat under a basement. Just, oh, I don't know how long it's been down there. <laughs> um, Bobby, fetch I, me the stick. <laughs> I continued to believe that the core gameplay of that game is really fun. Was like it? Like mechanic... I, and they must have the changed it. I, I think... The the shooting and the flying around and the running and the like the manoeuvring through that world felt fun. Uh. What that game completely lacked was any kind of engaging reason to care why I was doing anything. Oh, there was no reason to give a shit about anything in Anthem. I did a mission and it was just like, okay, follow the When I play Anthem, I do emissions as well. I fart in disgust. <laughs> There we are, I, Joe. I, f I followed map pins and every one of them was like, go to the thing, hold down X to activate it. Oh, you got to stand in the circle while enemies come at you. Ah, uh, you beat all the enemies. Yeah, like the shooting's <laughs> fine enough. Like that's, a lot of these bullet spongy shooty things, there are some I'm fine with and this one was like, meh. Um, you know, I appreciate the, I'm not saying you're wrong for enjoying it, um, but it was that loop. It was the loop it was in. Fly for a while to a place while someone prattles on. Shoot a bunch of enemies. Play Chocobo hot and cold. And then wait for someone to finish talking. The mechanics, I think, are fun. Yeah. I think that it feels good to fly around. I think it feels good to do the... I, I like how when you do the sprint, the boosters on your back go and you get a little bit of vibration in the controller mm. and it really feels like you're doing a good thud as you stride. That would be good on that, uh, the old haptic feedback sort of stuff, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just it'd be great what they should do is they should relaunch it for ps5 <laughs> call it anthem next oh wouldn't that be wouldn't good that be good but like i i like the mechanics of playing this as a as a shooter game it yeah. is a fun set of mechanics that have absolutely no reason why i like it's go activate the thing stand in the circle uh. all the enemies come at you follow the pings oops it's another thing activate it stand in the circle so again funny. enemies come to you again and you just kind of do the same yeah. thing like six or seven times in a row i apologize for saying what you were about to say by the way, it's I when when Anthem comes up, I'm like, oh, I need to say Chocobo hot and cold in a minute. Uh, um, but like the open world in between each of the the ping points mm. uh, might as well not exist because all that you're ever doing is just go where the next ping says. Like there I remember is, it feeling barren. It it feels like there is zero incent. Like you've got this huge brawling world mm. that you are incentivized to just. Lie right past and look at none of the fancy textures they mm. made. It feels like there needed to be more things to do, like on your way following the objective markers. Oh, a little side mission has just popped up over there. Do you yes. want to go explore it? Like it needed something to incentivize, like, oh, maybe telling you, hey, if you fly low to the ground or you don't fly, if you walk, you might stumble across stuff that you won't see if you just fly straight for the objective. Well, I made the mistake of thinking there was that stuff when I played it at first. And if I recall correctly, because of course my memory is always shot, if I recall correctly, I when you do, if you ever do land and wander for no reason, there's things like little creatures and stuff 
down there. I thought there was some cute little things down there. There were some creatures, but again, there was like there was no incentive to, to interact yeah. with them. It was just, oh, I can land and look at this alien creature. Okay, off I go to keep following the map pings. Yeah, I was like, could I catch it or interact with it? Or so- no, it's just yeah. if, even if you've just had like a meaningless prompt so I could pet the thing, I'd have gone. Okay, you gave me a reason to do this. Mm-hmm. It might as well be a linear corridor because nothing off of the the path you're being told to follow is anything. Yeah, I'll tell you what it feels like, um, especially as you describe it, and because I've been playing it recently, is it's like Monster Hunter, but without any of the anything. It's like Monster Hunter if you were encouraged to just fly above all the trees and not walk down any of the paths where all of the cool shit was. Just zip it to the monster. And then kill the monster and then sit around while someone natters on a radio and then play a fucking game of hot and cold. Oh man, oh man. It's like, ah, it's, it's Monster Hunter, but you took out all of the berries you could scavenge off the ground and all of the, like, secondary monsters that were on the way to the one you were trying to find. You can't pick up shit. And you were told to just like, nah, just follow the, follow the dots. We'll take you to the, the monster. And it's fun once you're, like, fighting the thing, but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a real shame because it's very clear that like some talented people made some like some enjoyable shooter mechanics that just were dropped into a very bland nothing of a game. Yeah, it's and again, you know, I I, I personally wasn't even gripped with the the gameplay side. It was it was shooting. It was it was what it was. Um, yeah. And the other stuff, you know, like. I'll keep complaining about it, not just in Anthem, but a lot of these ones, a lot of these live services. A game like Diablo has, like, interesting classes with different weapon styles, and the weapons are all, like, cool and interesting. And, And then I have to go and play a game where Assault Rifle and shotgun and sniper yeah. rifle uh, are, are loot. On a separate but slightly connected note, I went back and I've been replaying the uh, Titanfall 2 campaign recently. And Ooh, uh, by, com- by comparison, um, you know, sprinting through levels, sliding under stuff, wall running, doing really cool gun moves, that that feels more enjoyable to play and actually has like a plot that engaged oh, me to stick with it. That is still one of the best shooter campaigns of, so of our time. Yeah. There's some real good stuff. Yeah, but this is just the regular reminder that, like, hey, if you haven't played Titanfall 2's campaign, mm. go play Titanfall 2's campaign. If you've got Game Pass, uh, that uh, on, on Xbox it comes with all the EA stuff, Titanfall 2's on there, go play the campaign. Oh, you will, you will enjoy it if you like what it does. <laughs> yeah. I did find it funny that the way I found Anthem uh, to play was that it was on Game Pass still, and I'm like, it feels like you should maybe at this point just take it off Game Pass, because yeah. you've announced that you're never going to finish it and that the, that it's unfinished. Why are you still going like, hey, everyone, download Anthem? Alphabetically, it's, it's near the top of the list. It's one of the first things you'll see on Game Pass, this game that's never finished. Turn the fucking store off. At least, like, stop selling the microtransactions if the game is fucking done. Or at least move it to the fucking bottom of the game pass list. Don't don't show it first row of things. I don't want to hear any of this, oh, you can still play it so they can still sell it. Stop making these and selling (sighs) these games as live services, because if you've stopped servicing it, it's not live. Yeah. Conrad, what have you been playing this week? 
Well, I was on uh, Epic Game Store this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. Going through the stuff that I've downloaded and never bothered to play. Have they have they still been giving you grief about going in with your hoodie up? All the time, but you know what? Sometimes my hair's just messy in the morning and I can't be bothered to fix it. And yeah. I'm just going to deal with the, the thing. Because otherwise it'd be worse. I mean, the comments that I'd get. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little offended that... You've not been following my example because I don't got to deal with no messy hair. Because you think I just bought the one wig? Oh, no. I've got about 12 of the same one. <laughs> Put them on once. Chuck it in the bin. <laughs> no, that would be devastatingly oh my expensive. Um, although I've got some new ones coming in. I didn't even think. I was idly shopping for clothes and hair and was mm -hmm. like, oh, I have incidentally done this on International Women's Day. Ah. Uh, oh, 40% off. Ah, uh, fun fact, International Women's Day, I got my new birth certificate that says Ooh. female. Oh, congratulations. You did. Also, I found some leggings that have pockets, <gasps> and leggings never have pockets. Oh, wow, that's leggings. even more exciting. I found good-sized leggings that fit me properly and are long enough and have pockets oh, that, that are big is... enough for my phone on either side. And a that... galaxy print. Then. Holy shit. mayhem. Like, oh. I thought I was getting lucky with the skirts and the dresses, but leggings? I've never seen leggings with pockets. And, oh, I, lo I love these leggings. I, I tried them on today and I was like, they fit. They're great. I'm going to buy like eight pairs. I want them forever. Yeah. I'm going to stop chatting over it. I've had two weeks of not talking, except when Conrad <laughs> or Justin come around to like, like feed me out of a little bowl. Feed me porridge out of a little bowl while I go... <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes I'll press a, a shiny coin into their hand the way like a dying a, a dying grandmother would like press a coin into their hand and then close the fist up and then sort of like tap on it a lot. <laughs> so I played Absolute Drift. Oh, I think I... Is this the, the very drifting heavy racing game where you both your analog sticks control the drifting? <gasps> what? No. No? A different one? No, okay. this is a different one. This is actually... It originally came out in 2015. And it's on oh. PS4 and PS5 and Switch now. They've continued to release it. Now they have a, it's the Zen edition, which is the one I got, I guess, for free on Epic Game Store at some point. And it's a top down kind of minimalist dr drifting puzzle game, basically. Oh. Yeah, this is not the one I thought it was, but now I've looked at images. I've definitely seen this. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like the presentation. Uh, visually, it's really cool looking. It controls really well. It, you know, has the kind of, you know, sensitivity that you could maneuver some pretty cool stuff. And it's not too hard to pick up the drift mechanics, but it does require a lot of precision to execute them. So I like that. It's fun. Everything seems to be at least in this early bit that I've played, short stages of, um, you know, no time limits or, you know, few time limits. So it's not about getting through something quickly. It's about executing it well. And you'll have these objects that they introduce into the game, like these posts that you score points if you drift close to them. And the faster you're doing that when you drift, the more points they're worth. There are these little trails on the ground that if you can hit all of them, they get incrementally more valuable. Um, boxes that you collide with and they can be stacked up to drift into. 
Uh, and then you'll get bonuses for doing things like donuts and, and other maneuvers as you move your way through these challenge stages. Um, there's also an overworld that links all of these little challenge stages and they'll have missions that you can go through that are, you know, drift under this or drift close to these items or jump over this airplane. Um, and that unlocks more of the open world to or more of the environment to explore and get to new stages. It's very simple. The music's fun. It's very chill. I like that it's not a race game. Mm. I like car games that aren't necessarily race games. And I like the control scheme that it uses. It it is a tank control deal. Mm. So you're you're turning left right. I think um uh, super off-road or um was it uh RC Pro Am where you're you know turning from the perspective mm. of the vehicle and You've got a handbrake, you've got a regular brake, you've got an acceleration. And once you get into a drift, it's all about getting just the right amount of acceleration and just the right amount of turn in whichever direction you need to maintain control of it. Uh, it's really satisfying when you get when you get it right, when you start to get a feel for drifting on it. And it's it's score based. So you could, you know, as you Every drift you execute adds another multiplier to your score, which, you know, adds in the points awarded from the bonus items in the field and just an ongoing tally increase as you're doing drifts. Uh, and then you can break it all if you crash. Um, so it's it's fun and and I like it a lot. I will I will be playing more of this. Nice. Uh, I, re I remember the name of the game that I thought initially you were talking about because I'd mistaken the names. Uh, there is a cool uh, drifting-based racing game called Inertial Drift. Mm. Left stick is used for uh, steering. Right stick is dedicated purely to drifting. It is a fun little cel-shaded racing game that is worth checking out. Yeah, that's the one I've mistaken it for. <laughs> gotcha. Because similar names. Jim, what have you been playing this week? Me? You! Oh, ha, 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 ha. Did we address on the actual podcast that me being called Jim on here is, you know, it's the Jim Sterling platform and you're not being transphobic? I think we did after the week where I got some weird messages weird. from people going, you of all people not respecting name change. I'm like, I'm doing yeah. what I've been told to do. It's all... I. I have many names. <laughs> ah? ah? That's from... That's, I'm basically the devil. I'm the devil. <laughs> You're like some kind of magical, mystical fae being who's collected many names. Yeah, that's exactly me. I am a fae. What have you, what have you played? Um, right. Let's do Curse <laughs> of the Dead Gods. Oh, I know that game. That's yeah. a good game. I've seen Conrad play it. Uh, I've seen Casey play it. Casey, she recommended it to me a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it's okay. It's uh -huh. there's something about it that I mean I'm there's no way to talk about it the way Conrad would talk about Hades. <laughs> well, there's I no mean, way for me to sound there's no way for me to now not quote unquote hate Curse of the Dead Gods. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite my like it's got all of the hallmarks of things I like. Right. But it doesn't quite, and I think part of it might be having come from Hades to this, it feels very slow. It does, yes. It's methodical, I would say, yeah. in its approach. Yep. 
Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I don't mind a bit of that, but I think it's just because the window of time between playing both has been so brief and they are both so similar in terms... Well, they're both, you know, occupying the same genre space. Um, plus, Curse of the Dead Gods doesn't have the kind of... Neither the atmosphere nor the world or story, of course, that mm-hmm. is keeping me there. Not a lot of roguelikes uh, and, you know, games in that sort of area have or need stories per se. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, The Binding of Isaac, which is one I, I have long time been obsessed with, had a world and a, a presence that just drew me in mm-hmm. as dark and, and disturbing and sometimes humorous as it was. And this is uh, it's a lot of dark temples. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that is, that is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the sort of thing that you go into for a narrative. No. I I think the thing that keeps me interested in it is its mechanical approach to the game. The parry system I find much easier to execute now that I've had more time to get okay with it. I love the environment um, and the way you can manipulate it to eliminate enemies or, or just to make your life a little bit easier if you have the right tools. And I like the, the way that the three temples all feel very distinct. Uh, those are all elements of it that I, I think are, are really strong. Uh, but it is, it, it is, in terms of structure, a very well-made roguelike. But to compare it to Hades... I think is a little bit... You're, you're, oh, I'm not comparing. No, and I'm not I, suggesting I wanna... that you were, but I think that some people might get that impression. And it is not... They're not comparable mm. in I that mean, I'm way. Just, it's difficult to go from that to mm-hmm. something that is structurally similar. Yeah. It, yeah, it's... I mean, well, now, for me, that's basically all I've been playing yeah. regularly for the last few years are, are roguelike games like this so i my I, everything to me is one of these and that's part of why when i came to hades i was like this is a very well-made one but it's doing things i don't like yeah <laughs> that i'm not into because so much of my because yeah, you hate haters right that's it yeah <laughs> so much of the last several years of my game playing experience has been in this type or in this milieu yeah I'm a lot more spotty on which ones I tolerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I think Curse of the Dead Gods um, gets everything right either. Um, yeah. It certainly has some things that frustrate me about it. They're Well, they're done working on it now. Um, and I haven't played too much in Final Release. Just uh, had a, a few goes. So I should probably really try to examine it further. I do. I'm kind of bored of it, though. Like I do feel like I've reached a skill cap for me. Right. And, you know, I'm not unlocking anything to make that better at this point. So I just want to say, as I understand it, the first three, because I've only really done the first three, then men would be super easy, right? Yeah. 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 You're making it. You're basically completing one third of a normal run yeah okay because i want to i may still push through it i've not written it off and it's not as you said it's a very well-made roguelike yeah it's not a bad game it's just not quite grabbing me Mm -hmm. but you know i bought it so i'll get my money out of it 
What weapons have you been... Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say, this is always a plus point for me, is there's a whip. Mm-hmm. There is a whip. I always find them interesting weapons in any game, usually given the short straw because they always seem to be really weak weapons in most games. I got so excited when I found a, a better whip mm-hmm. in Dark Souls. Um, I think it's Dark Souls 3. And it was like, no, it's still garbage. Um, and they've been interesting in this, actually somewhat powerful, really good range. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. Uh, so f- I've, I've usually gravitated towards claws as well. Um, it's my kind of thing. The And regular sword most of the time otherwise. I tend to like the claws a lot. Uh, that That's one of my primary modes. Um, and then when you start to get to, um, once you start beating more of the champions, uh, they drop the jade rings that let you unlock more weapons that you can start with and, and collect along the way. And, and that might be, you know, some of these games for me don't quite come into their own until I've expanded it a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there are... Uh, some of the attribute or the the effect bonuses that you can have are really useful. I play with the one, there's a modifier that just stops greed from ticking down when you, uh, stops your greed counter from ticking down when you're out of combat. Mm-hmm. So if you're in combat, you still have to move quickly to keep that going. But it holds your place until the next fight. Right. And so yeah. you can build up um, a pretty good chain and make a lot of money quickly mm. using that. You know, there's one that increases the rarity level of objects that you find or increases the chance of finding rarer items. I'll tell you what I did find interesting is, and again, I've, I've not done the the... Harder level stuff. I think mm-hmm. I had one go of a level. I've not so far found the curses aggravating. Mm-mm. Does that change or will they really piss me off? There are a few curses that you're like, oh, fuck. I wish I didn't have this, right? Yeah. And sure, there's got to be some of that. I get that. I mean, and, and they almost all have upside downside elements to them yeah i did notice that you know so like even the one that i find the most frustrating which changes uh the way you accumulate corruption you don't receive corruption when you go through doors any longer you just gain corruption automatically over time you know now if you're quick making your way through these rooms and you know it takes you less time than you would you know pay in corruption going through a door this works out to your favor you know, if you're me and you, you know, futz around and break everything and check every corner and nook and cranny and, you know, don't really make an effort to be that fast, uh, it's punishment. But there's always a seems to be a way you can adapt your play to where this thing that is a problem can now benefit you better. Yeah. And, you know, that's true of all the really good ones is the more you play, the more you learn and you learn how to improvise a way out of mm-hmm. situations. And, and you know, you, you pick up more tools that will give you more options for for dealing with things. I just got to get to that point. Even still, my emphasis every single time that I'm playing it is I got to figure out how to make money faster and keep corruption down. Yeah. And those you know, that's that's what I do every run. I I figure out all right, what what is my path to either keeping my corruption from massively increasing every round or if I can even just keep it stable. 
Yeah. You know, getting it for greed kills is obviously a big one. Getting a weapon that reduces corruption on kill is a pretty good one. Um, so I'll try and find things that do that. I love the alchemist fire stick as an offhand weapon because then you'll do, you know, a chain of basic attacks with your primary weapon, finish it with an offhand, which does crit damage. Yeah, I think I think offhands do critical. Maybe not. Doesn't matter, but it'll push them back. And even if and if it kills them, cool, I get double the money for them. So, you know, I f focus my attacks and combos to end with that attack. So it'll kill them and I'll get paid more. And then I can buy my way out of most of my problems along the way. There's always seems to be a few approaches that are valid and you can work one of them successfully to make your way to the end. I, I like that. So Laura, yeah. what about you? What else have you played this week? I've continued that thing that I've been doing recently of just finding games that no one gives a shit about to speedrun. Yes, I was, um, I can't remember if I actually remembered to say hi, but I had that on while I was cooking. I think you said hi. I just want to say, like, the wordless poke rap that was playing, because um, somehow <laughs> I, I recognised it. Yeah. It started to drive me mad towards the end, Is just the short loop of it. <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing the thing every now and then. This year it is kind of a thing I want to do, where every now and then I'll just look on speedrun.com, sort games by fewest speedrun attempts, and go, what games have no one ever, like, in decades tried to speedrun that I could just get some records on? Do you know why you do that? Why? Because you're a goddamn genius. <laughs> Uh, so I love the Pokemon games, and I'd sort of given up hope on ever having a like a first place speedrunning record in a Pokemon game because people actually care about Pokemon, and therefore you know you've got to be skilled to get any kind of good score. Except I found a game called Pokerom. <laughs> this is from the year two thousand. You you bought like imagine a GameCube disc that someone cut the left and right sides off uh, to make it fit into like a, a card game sleeve. Mm -hmm. No, they used to be business cards. People, there was a, there was a, a very brief time where someone where people were trying to make business cards that were CD ROMs because you can put little tiny bullshit into a disc drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was like one of those you'd buy them for about like nine dollars in two thousands money per disc. And they made 23 of these over the years. Basically, these are little PC edutainment discs. Oh. Yeah, every single one of these 23 discs that each sold for about nine bucks was the exact same thing, which was grades one through five each have a grid of 24 tiles. Match the maths! You know those games where you flip over the tiles and you're trying to be like, ah, I flipped over the two that match so I can take them off the board. Memory, now. yeah. Yeah, it's that, but math problems for five through ten year olds. And if you solve them all, you get to see a JPEG of a Bulbasaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, god, oh god, that's... That's when they do lazy porn games. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right? Do exactly a shitty puzzle thing. and then see some tits. So, yeah, so 
apparently, like, these these games were released about 20 years ago, and uh, speedrun.com has speedrunning categories for every individual <laughs> disc for every individual age grade. Oh, that's great. So I thought, you know, let's see if I can find them. And it took a bit of work to find them because initially I searched Pokerom and all I was getting was emulator websites. Mm. Uh, but I imagine, eventually managed to find the first run of 10 discs on, on I think it was on Internet Archive. And I, mm, I, I, speed, I, I got 30 speedrunning records in a Pokemon <laughs> game by doing children's <laughs> maths for three hours. Um, it was... It was quite an experience. I'll say this. I found the first graders' maths not difficult, but my brain got tripped up on it because rather than just using numbers, they used a, a mix of numbers and a number of pictures of something. So you might get like two plus one as numbers and then have to match it with three pictures of a geodude. And my brain doesn't like swapping back and forth between the bit that handles numbers as symbols and here are some pictures, count them, and then convert that into a number. Mm. My brain didn't like swapping back and forth between them. It was meant to be easy for children who don't know what numbers mean, but my brain was having a weird time with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't even do maths for children. I'm going to be honest. I'm glad that stream went as well as it did because I was really like nervous that I was going to be trying to do maths for five through ten-year-olds and really fuck it up. <laughs> I'll tell you what, right? If you do more maths <laughs> things than you're worried... Literally invite me on And you will look <laughs> like a math genius there was, there was some strategy involved In working out how to do this the, the optimal strategy seemed to be Flip over one tile and then very quickly Click through the other tiles looking for its matching pair Rather than trying to hold all of the various numbers Like the 24 different numbers In your head at once I'm not the only person who speedrun this game This game has existed for 20 years And no one speedran it until like 3 weeks ago one speedrunner called Grug speedran like four levels in it across like 23 discs of five, like a hundred or so categories. Yeah. They, they ran four. I managed to beat them on one of their categories. I've yet to try on the others, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna dethrone Grug as the, the top children's maths Pokemon player. And if you, if you defeat them, yeah, you could claim to be the perfect Grug. <laughs> So yeah, I I I did children's maths and got thirty Pokemon speedrunning records. So now I can tell people, hey, I'm I am a a first place world ranking speedrunner for Pokemon. Number one top ranked. Yeah, I don't have to tell them what Pokemon game. I can just be like, yeah, I'm I'm a professional Pokemon speedrunner. Mm -hmm. Oh oh, Pokerom, you've not heard of it? Oh, I guess you're just not not a big enough Pokemon fan to know yeah. evil law. Probably oh. don't know a lot about mathematics either. Oh no no, you're playing your your, your your baby Pokemon games with no maths in them. Because yeah, like you can people that will be impressed by you speedrunning Pokemon, right? You can tell them you speedrun Pokemon. Yeah, but people who are like impressed like if you spoke to a math professor and said i've got a speed running world record in maths video games exactly you can tell everyone that you're great yeah I, i'm just i've i'm i'm continuing yeah. my quest to be very good at, at, at meaningless tasks that sound important oh yeah there are two types of people in the world pokemon fans and math professors you have a 100 percent <laughs> approval rating now Ah, so that's 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 something I played this week. Um, what about you, Jim? Have you played no. anything else you'd like to talk about? I'll do one more. Uh, the werewolf one, that one that's based on the White Wolf tabletop RPG, Werewolf the 
something. Oh, one of them's Werewolf the Apocalypse. It's Werewolf the Apocalypse, yeah, although it's yeah. probably changed since then because I think the apocalypse happened. Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. 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 Ooh, spoopy. It's done by Cyanite. Okay. Which I'd have probably bought it sooner if I knew that. Uh, Cyanide is one of those developers that Focus Home Interactive publishes a lot. One of them ones that make uh, what Casey Explosion would call a Eurojank-style game. Yeah. Um, what's interesting with this one is it feels like a Cyanide RPG, except they took almost everything out that is RPG-ish, uh, the kind of stuff they usually do. So instead, it's a stealth game slash um, action game. There is leveling up, but I played through a lot of the game without realizing that the uh, werewolf vision you do, the usual stealth stuff that lets you see enemies through walls and shit, also let you interact with certain objects in the environment that gave you experience. Oh. And then I thought, oh, fuck it. Well, I'm not going to start this again on my own, so I've been saving it for a live stream. But I haven't been live streaming in weeks because of the bullshit. So when I get back, I'm going to play it on stream and play from the beginning again. But... Yeah, it's like really bargain basement easy stealth. Um, you can turn into a wolf, and that lets you move quicker and go through vents and that. Um, it's fairly straightforward, almost linear stealth. There's a some of the environments are open, but it's it's a touch or two more open than something like Plague Tale in terms of the stealth. Hmm. There's a way to do it. Uh, but the thing is, is if you get caught, and often it's just easier to get caught or just burst out and do it, you can turn into a werewolf instead of just a regular type wolf or a regular type person, um, or where, if you will. Uh, you turn into a werewolf and then just kill everything. It's fine. Like, you know, there are silver bullets and stuff that reduce your max health for the duration of the fight, and some of the enemies are a little tougher, and some people will fight you in big power loaders, but at the end of the day, you're a werewolf. You're picking people up and throwing them at other people. You're ripping them in half. You're jumping on them. It's so fucking janky and messy, but by the time you're done, the floor's red. Ten out of ten. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I've old Werewolf has always been the white wolf property that i've kind of felt at least had the most opportunity yeah. to be a fun game to play mm. uh, from an action perspective out of all of that mm. no now and that's just because that's how everybody played werewolf not how werewolf was designed to be played but let's not have yeah. that discussion I've played vampire with power gamers. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's an experience. Of course they wanted to be La Sombra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because they didn't have Zimacy. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So I, I've seen the trailer for this. It looks good for me. It's it's a mess. It's, I'm sure it is. But it's if you you know, if you're into the the stuff that Focus usually publishes, yeah, your, your games by Cyanide, uh your games by Spiders, I think is another one. Um there's a couple of these studios. If that's your flavour, and most of the time it's mine as well. Sticks wasn't bad. Sticks I liked of Orcs and Men. Mm -hmm. I didn't like Sticks as much. No? I wasn't right. quite into the in, like the emphasis on the stealth with that one. Uh, well, that's fair. Yeah, uh, like I don't mind some stealth, but I just I didn't quite like the one in sticks. I I really liked of Orcs and Men though. Um, but this one is fine. This is yeah, it's your six out of tenner. If I were mm -hmm. doing reviews again, it's 
it's of that level and that's fine it's yep. i've got no problem with that um i don't know if they're shooting in it the one of the screenshots the character had a gun i don't know if there's ranged combat so far it's been stealth and as a human all you can do is sort of you know do a stealth kill um but if you need to fight you turn into a big fucking garrow or guru i don't know how it's pronounced but the big werewolf from werewolf and you got two stances you can do quick or or heavy and slow and big and they're both fine and each one has its own powers and you can do little level ups and stuff and it is absolutely fine not a good game but playable yeah yeah, Conrad, do you play anything else you want to chat about? Oh, uh, real briefly, um, I also found, discovered in my collection of Epic Games, which has now reached the point that I don't remember getting some of these. <laughs> um, but I, I played this God's Trigger. You've heard of this? No. Well, sex before marriage, innit? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. It's what, yeah. it's what the church tells me. Yeah. And the guys. It is kind of like a Hotline Miami game, mechanically. Okay. okay. You're moving through environments, eliminating all of the enemies. Um, you can do stealth kills by getting behind them, and that doesn't make noise and alert the other enemies in the room. Uh, you have a, a melee attack. You have uh, guns that you can pick up and shoot. Uh, it's one-hit kill kinds of deals. But you control two characters. It's also playable in co-op. Uh, but you control two characters, and you can swap behind them, swap between them in single player. One has a sword. The other has a whip, Jim. Ooh. Mm, and it's an, it's an angel. It's not a sex thing, by the way. No. And I'm, I wouldn't deny it if it... If it was. Sure. I mean, if it happens, I just it think happens. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not against them, but I'm more impact than, than your lashes. Right. Right. Yeah. I prefer a thud to a stinger, but I just think they're cool. Anyway. So it's an angel and a demon teaming up to go stop the four horsemen of the apocalypse from doing the apocalypse early. Nice. And that's, I mean, that's really all it is uh, from what I can tell. I, I, I've played the tutorial and... Uh, the first stage, and from what I could tell, it's Hotline Miami with some other bells and whistles, uh, a couple of traversal mechanic things, special abilities that you develop, some time slow. So there's some mechanics to play with. It looks like there's some complexity. You you can level up and go in with uh, different builds between levels and swap around what you've unlocked. Meh. Seems like it could be all right. I'll probably play more and have more thoughts on it later. But for now, uh, it's at least interesting. It feels real rough. Um, I'll admit that. It, there's not a lot of impact feedback from attacks, which it just you know feels hollow when you kill someone. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that Hotline Miami did so well was that you you connect with something and you got that thwack. Um, that felt resonant. Uh, this doesn't have that, and that's gonna annoy me more and more the more I play and observe it. Or maybe I'll just forget. That could happen too. Anyway, yeah, yeah. God's trigger. It's a thing. Uh, the only other thing that I played this week that I want to very quickly talk—that's what it's called. Mm? What? Sorry, I've been trying to fucking find a game to recommend to Conrad. Mm. Um, it's sort of Hotline Miami esque. 
Um, it's set in sort of a Wild West frontier sort of thing. And it's it's called Bloodroots. Bloodroots? I don't ah. think I ever mentioned it on the podcast, but I played it for a bit on the Switch. I think it's on all the platforms. But it's like, it's got that similar thing of you grab weapons and stuff in the environment to throw or hit. Mm. But it's it's got a real nice style to it and sort of has its own flavor. Um and I, I think that's something you'd enjoy streaming, perhaps. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I need to play some more of it. It's it's very good. It's Sweet. Yeah, there's a demo on Steam, and it's supposed to come out in two days. Oh, well, that's fortuitous. I didn't even know that. What timing? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. The only other thing I wanted to talk about on the on the playlist today, and I'll go through this quick because I don't think this is going to be of any interest to either of you, but maybe will be to the listeners. I have been really enjoying playing as the new characters that got added to Smash Brothers, uh, Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh yeah, I like Smash. I haven't played it in ages, but I do like Smash. I have been really digging Pyra and Mithra, who are one... They're sort of like Zelda and Sheik were in some of the older um, right. Smash games, where you could sort of swap back and forth between the two mm-hmm. characters using your damn B. Basically, the gimmick is, is that um, when you're playing as Pyra, you do considerably more overall damage and you 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 have more smash damage so you do more like hitting people distances uh, whereas swapping to Mithra gives you a lot less damage output but a lot faster attacks and sort of wider coverage I had assumed for a character like this the weakness was going to be switching between the two would be a slow process or would leave you very vulnerable quite the opposite it is very fast you can do it mid-air it gives you some invincibility frames. You can use it as a way to dodge attacks. I have been really digging playing as this pair of characters because I typically really like playing fast rushdown characters that can very quickly sort of constantly be attacking and keeping the pressure up. But the problem with them is they don't have usually a finishing move that is the thing that's heavy enough to actually knock someone off screen. Here... You can play primarily as Mithra, rack up percentages, keep the pressure on, swap to Pyro, do a big smash, done. I'm really enjoying how this pair of characters plays, and I feel like they might be my new default characters to play in Smash. So it's the first of the DLC characters in a while where the play style has been like, oh, this is a character that I will actually play, rather than just being like, oh, it's cool that the Minecraft characters in here can't fucking play as them. I I don't enjoy them, but I'm glad that they're here. It's nice to have one that was my that, that worked with my play style. Uh, we got a couple of news stories before we finish up that we can quickly get through. Yeah. Probably the biggest one on the list. We need to talk about Marvel's Avengers and... No one needs to talk about Marvel's Avengers ever again. Actually, Not no, after this, this week, is... we probably don't. <laughs> this is fucking wild. Okay, so the story started just after we recorded the podcast last week. Marvel's Avengers is slowing down the rate at which players get experience. It's the kind of headline you want to, to you know, excite you for the big relaunch. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we're, we're finally coming to next-gen consoles. You know what that means. Let's make the game more grindy and slower and take longer to do the exact same things that you're already doing. Well, I mean, surely they have a robust content library full of things (laughs) for players to do. And that's why they're just so concerned that the players are going to level up so quickly that they won't get to actually enjoy the the vast bevy of options for gameplay that they have presented Uh, for them. You know, that would be a great excuse if they'd have used that. Yeah, (laughs) 
the excuse they used first, um, <laughs> they kind of counter, they, they undercut their own excuse, but we'll say what they said. They said, um, oh, it's because we don't want to overwhelm uh, new players by making them, you know, level up too many times in quick succession. Uh, they'll have barely had time to spend their skill points before they've got more of them. They said it would be confusing. Yeah, it'd be confusing to level to up level too often. Up. So, first of all, that's nonsense. When has ever anyone ever been confused by, oh, I, I leveled up a few times. I wish I'd only leveled up once, please. Yeah, I, I genuinely have brain, like we did your um, that episode of your accessibility series on it. I literally have brain issues that struggle with tracking information and following things and keeping, you know, all like systems and things in place in my head. Because of those issues, I've had element like things where I've either forgotten to level up or missed some skill tree or something. And I've never been confused when I found it. If you are confused when you find it, they've made it badly. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like uh, skill trees are not that hard to follow. And here's the other thing, especially in Marvel's Avengers, to the point where hmm, maybe there's so little here that you have to make it slower. Yeah, I want to speak. Well, I want to speak to the um, idea of it. Like, not necessarily confusing, but overwhelming the player. And there is a little something to that. I mean, there would be if they weren't lying, and we'll get to well, that in sure, a second. Well, sure, but, you know, <laughs> but what I'm, I'm getting at is that if I did do one of those sorts of missions, and I wound up with a whole bunch of levels, and then I had all of this shit to spend, and I'm going to spend all this time in a fucking menu now leveling up shit yeah. and making decisions and all of that, especially in an early game setting, could turn me off. You could max out an Avengers character, never level up, find the system and think, oh, Really fucking straightforward. Yeah. So here's the reason that we know it's a lie. The, the reason that, that they're not doing this because, you know, oh, we don't want to overwhelm new players. Yeah, this is the best bit. The slowdown, like the, the, the change they're making to make you gain experience more slowly doesn't take effect until you reach level 25 with a character. Oh, well then. This, well this is then. not about not overwhel <laughs> overwhelming new players. It's about slowing down endgame yeah. players. It's about keeping invested players in involved. Yeah. One of the problems with releasing half-baked, buggy live service trash with no content is you spend so much time fixing your own bullshit, you can't do things like, oh, spend time working on a level cap that you could raise or or more skills you could add, or content, stuff that would actually keep people in a game instead of pure artifice. Yeah. So there's an update to this story. I just oh, want good. to read the official Reddit statement uh, from Crystal Dynamics uh, that came came after this this whole kerfuffle. We wanted to offer more clarification and details on the recently announced XP change. Oh, good. We did not change XP to increase increase grind for grind's sake. <laughs> oh. Our initial blog post was not comprehensive enough to convey what we were doing and why, so we caused confusion. We get it. As long as they get it. <laughs> yeah, they get it, apparently. Oh, yeah, um, they got it. Yeah, um, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, we didn't like the fact that sometimes you could get two or three levels within the same mission. What the problem we were hearing was that you would immediately get more skill points than you had time to review, apply, and get used to before going on your next mission. Mm. Hopefully, you can see the issue here. No, it was really important for them that players got to see the full gradation of character and skill development throughout yeah. their experience. Like, oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, uh uh but they're not appreciating the the one skill that they just gained so much cuz they're cuz they're going to get another skill in like another battle and oh no. We want people to level up. In fact, we really want to see more people level up more heroes as playing the full roster should be the most fun thing you can do. Well, that's that's one of the problems, isn't it? A lot of people will play just to have their one or two favorite heroes and when they level yeah. them up good and quick, they don't want to stick around. We don't want the leveling up experience to be too overwhelming or diminish <laughs> exploring each pl- skill purchase. Mm-hmm. So we smoothed out the higher level curves to make it so you were less likely to ding more than once or twice in a mission. There's so much variability in how quick you can gain experience, but the end result of our tuning was meant to add around three to five hours of playing to each get reach at maximum level in total. Oh, adding hours! Yeah, basically, yeah, we're, we're slowing down the top end of each character by three to five hours. You're going to have to yeah. play three to five extra hours for this character. And therein lies the trick. Yeah. They're, well, therein they betray their fucking statement. Oh, we're not adding it for padding. We're not adding it for grind. We're adding it so that you get five fucking hours of bullshit. You know how they said originally, like, oh yeah, this is to not overwhelm early players? We also tuned the game to make early levelling slightly faster, (laughs) giving players more advantage against enemies when first starting out, hopefully making them feel like a superhero faster. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we play superhero games, not to fucking grind. So they recognise that we want to feel like overpowered superheroes very quickly. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh god, my god. They recognize, hey, we re- yeah, y- you want to have an advantage against enemies and feel like a superhero. Yes. Don't How take stupid. that away at level 25. I tell you what, the one thing that convinces me there's a chance that they believe leveling up past 25 is confusing is the fact that with statements like this they show just how stupid they think we all are. Oh, we've not even finished. There's one last little postscript on this I want to read. In addition, the bug we discovered in regards to Kate Bishop levelling up at a blistering pace was due to players being able to level up at two to three times faster than other heroes. We intend to fix this so that all heroes can level up at the same pace. You're not going to be increasing the other heroes by two to three times, are you? You're going to be fucking bringing her down. No, bring- one character who leveled up at a good pace everyone enjoyed that's the thing i mean that's i'm gonna do a video on this at some point like look at some of these instances where games have been very quickly patched to be less fun yeah or you know they make a big announcement about something as if it's good when it's like we've made it grindier and and no one agrees it was a good move but they stick to their guns almost as if they didn't have a choice yeah yeah. We'll see. Uh, the, the other couple of news stories we got before we finish up, and I think these will be a bit quicker. Microsoft's purchase of Bethesda has now been approved and it's gone through all the various regulatory bodies who might, you know, say that it's a bad thing to happen. Uh, and as such, we got some uh, some statements about, about Microsoft and Bethesda's ongoing partnership. The main thing, Microsoft has confirmed that some new titles from Bethesda and ZeniMax will be exclusive to Xbox and PC. (sighs) 
There's no mention of which games or whether it'll be timed exclusives, but they're just like, hey, some stuff is going to be just for us now we bought this studio. Yeah. Capitalism is good for video games and good for the people who play them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's what I've been told. I've been told I shouldn't. I shouldn't criticise it anymore. That's why I've been losing subscribers and why everyone hates me. That's what I've been told. Well, there's that one person that has emailed me so much they've ended up in spam to tell me to lay off the Dems because um, Biden is doing fine. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah. I mean, everything's great now. The status quo is good. Normal yeah. never got us into the shit. Mm -mm, mm, and no. it's good when Microsoft buys uh, studios and, and then... You know, if every company bought all the studios, so there was only like a handful of companies uh, and everything was sectioned off into de facto fiefdom and, and, and monopolies, um, clearly it would go as well as it has in any other industry it's done that in. And there's no problem and I need to lighten up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that all checks out. Yeah. 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 Um, and the last story that was on the list is... Uh, De nouveau support is coming to the PlayStation 5. Support. Capitalism is very good for games and the people who play them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Support. <laughs> um, I'm going to chuck my PS5 out the fucking balcony then. Okay, so to, to be clear, because this story has... The headline, you know, is suggests one sure, thing and it may not sure. necessarily be that. De nouveau's anti-cheat software is being brought uh, to the, the PlayStation 5 developer set of tools that are available. What we're not talking about here is the... The malware. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully. Uh, it, it's the... Um, the the anti piracy stuff does not seem to be being yeah. brought. It does not seem like this means that your single player games on PlayStation Five are going to start doing online validation checks every five minutes um, as to whether you can keep playing the game. It doesn't seem necessary considering <laughs> the the environment for multiplayer on PS Five yeah. doesn't really permit it anyway. Yeah. That the the reason I was kind of interested in this story, and it's something that I kind of want to keep an eye out for. Um, some people in the accessibility space have been a little cautious of this announcement because uh, any technology designed to prevent cheating can be used to prevent things like, oh, you're using a device that's not a standard controller. Yeah. Which you can make the Xbox adaptive controller if you are disabled. You can make it work on the PlayStation Five with a bit of fudging around of adapters. Disabled gamers are concerned like, oh, is this going to start flagging the adaptive controller as not a PlayStation controller? I'll say this, right? De Nuvo could come to the PlayStation 5 smoothly with no issues. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So we'll wait and see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. Best I'm... of luck to us all. Let's, let's hope. <laughs> I'm sure... It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's everything for this week. Yeah. I think we did it. Yeah, seems good to me. I tell you what, though, some people may need more content. And, <gasps> and I know, Laurie, you've got plenty. 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 I've got plenty of content. That's what I got. Hell yeah. Do you want to hear about it? I would love to hear about the content, please. Well, I, I do lots of things on the internet at Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, 
You can find me Twitch streaming Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Every Friday on YouTube I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, we have an episode this week going up about uh, video games and the ability to read text. Beyond that, I have some books. There's Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being an autistic trans woman. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is about video game character butt reviews and illustrations. Gender Euphoria releases on June 10th, 2021. It is an anthology of non-cis people's just positive real-life gender-affirming stories. Uh, that is, like, on its way to the printers. It's happening. It's coming out pretty soon. Other than that... Uh, there's podcasts, I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast about things that aren't always video games, like board games or TV and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm on Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography. Uh, I've started doing, I've started doing TikToks, little, if you go to Laura K. Buzz on TikTok, I do little 60 second long, uh, videos about, uh, autism and trans stuff and accessibility over there. If you like little bite-sized chunks of me talking at you. And then there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, every season's its own story, so you can just jump in wherever. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and now season eight, which has just started. I'm also on that show with Con well, Conrad, you've you've been on multiple seasons of Dice Funk. Ah, you see, yeah, you can't, you got, you have to figure out yeah. a new transition method. I know, I know. Well, see, I can still do, you know. Uh, oh, you know who else has been on Dice there Funk in the past? Go. I just have to get the muscle yeah. memory right. Well, Dice Funk legend Conrad Zimmerman. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You can buy buttons from me at uh, pinfultruth.com, uh, like that ass one that I mentioned earlier. Uh, you could also buy audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. I'm streaming on Twitch. It's a schedule. It used to be more consistent, uh, you know, like same, you know, three days a week, same time. Now the times are a little variable, but I'm on Fridays. I'm on Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. Uh, so you can check out the channel and see all of that. Twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, and, uh, you can support everything I do online at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash fist shark. And you know who else has a Patreon? <gasps> James oh. Stephanie Sterling does. Oh, oh shit. That's me. That's me. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, patreon.com slash Jimquisition. That'll, uh, you know, it keeps the whole business ticking along. And you know what? I'm going to push my uh, social today. It's Jim at Jim Sterling on Twitter and Jimquisition on Instagram because I've started to get to the point of cuteness where I'm attaining simps and I can't get enough of them. They're better <laughs> than Pokemon. So Got to collect them all, all them simps. Yeah, go do that. Go, yeah, go inflate my self-esteem. Um, I think that's it. Uh, you know, I, I, I stream Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. I'm going to try and get to get to do that more. Um, as I've been away for a bit, and apologies about all that, but here I am again, like the Backstreet, and we will see you another time. I want to drain you in my mouth. Bye. <laughs> Bye.